In today's Mishnah, from the fifth and sixth Mishnah, from the tenth Perek Masech Tukdubot, Mishnah begins, Mishnah Nasui Arba Nashim. So we're dealing with a case where a man is married to four wives. We met and then he passed away. So each of the wives want to claim the Kruba. Mishnah teaches us, which means as follows, that there's an order of precedence. So the woman who's going to be able to claim a Kruba first from the estate is the woman who's married first. Her Kruba, if you like, her debt, which predates all the rest of the other wives. So therefore she has first claim. And similarly, in order, the Shniya comes before Shlisha, and the Shlisha becomes before the Revit, the third comes before the fourth. Mishnah says, Harishona Nishpat Lashniya. When the first wife claims a Ketubah, since effectively she might be taking majority of the state, there might actually be not enough for the other wives, in any event, despite the fact she has first claim, the second wife can say, make a Shvua that you have not collected anything. She can force her to make a Shvua. So Rishona would make a Shvua for the Shniya, likewise a Shniya Lashlisha Revit. And the third to the fourth. Now, when it comes to the last wife to collect a ketubah, there's no need for her to make a shvua. So the Baharavid Nifret Shalot Bishvua. And here we're dealing with a situation where there was no Balchov or there was no other Yorishim. Otherwise, as we learned previously, that if a woman wants to claim a ketubah, she would have to make a shvua to the Yatomim for, for the heirs of the estate. So assuming there's no other reason for her to make a shvua. Then Nanas, however, says, just because she's the last to get married and really she has the weakest legal claim, that she should profit now that she doesn't have to make the shvua. So therefore he says, no, afi loti para ela bishvua. But rather, no, she would also have to make a shvua to the other wives that she has not collected her shvua. Now you might think that might, might be unnecessary. So Gemara explains the debate as follows. We're dealing with a situation where the women have collected the ketubot from land. And then it's discovered later that actually one of the lands that they sold didn't actually belong to the, her, their husband. It wasn't part of the estate. So in that situation, let's say the second wife took a ketubah, so let's make it simpler, that the third wife took the ketubah from the land. In that situation, what would happen? So according to Ben Nanas, once the fourth wife collected a ketubah, it's hers. So even if the third wife wasn't able to collect a ketubah because effectively what she collected wasn't rightfully theirs, the fourth wife wouldn't be losing out. So therefore, according to Ben Nanas, we want to make the fourth wife make a shvua to the other wives in case this situation eventuates. Because it might be that the third wife might actually lose out and not have her ketubah, or one of the other wives, due to the fact that the land that they sold wasn't the husband's. However, the Chachamim disagree. They say if that situation occurs, then what would happen? Since the third wife, her ketubah predates the fourth wife, she would be able to claim that land or claim the money that was claimed by the fourth wife. So she would never lose out. So therefore, according to Chachamim, there's no need to make her make a shvua and make an oath. What happens if they were all married on the same day? We then would have to work out who was married first by hours. So in other words, literally whoever we try and get first, then the order of precedence would apply like we've explained at the beginning of the Mishnah. That's why they were doing in Yerushalayim. The Minhag then was to write the hour of the day, not just the date. So what happens if they were all, the Ketubah seemed to be written the same time as well? Then we say, there's only really 100 dinars, so not enough for each of them to elect the Ketubah. Well, for that, we've already learned that in a previous mission, the Chokot B'Shavah, since they have an equal claim, we simply divide the state equally. Let's down the Mishnah Vav. What happens if a person was married to two wives? And he sold his land. And this is during the course of the marriage of this sold his land. We've explained already 
that any land that was in his possession during the marriage would be meshubad, would, would, there's a lien on that property from which they, the women could collect the ketubah. So therefore, if he didn't have any money, then they would, they would go back to the purchaser and reclaim that land. However, in this situation, katva rishona lelokeach, the woman who had the strongest claim, the first wife that was married, she wrote to the lokeach, to the purchaser, look, din vadrim li imach. I have no legal claim on the land you purchased. I will not be able to claim it back. Then her husband passes away. The Shni, the second wife, would be able to take the land away from the Lokeach. Then the first wife, Harishona, would be able to, even though she said, I don't have a legal claim on you for their land, it doesn't mean she doesn't have a legal position that she can claim it from the second wife because her Ketubah preceded the second wife. So in order, what's happened? Firstly, the second wife took the land from the purchaser. Then the first wife will be able to take that land from the second wife. But the Lokeach, the purchaser, will once again be able to claim that land back from the Rishona, from the first wife, because she forgo her rights with respect to the purchaser. So effectively what's going to happen, we have a, a, a legal loop, a circular logical loop, that's what's happening in Chalila. This land will be passed around in a circle because of the legal structure we've just created. Every time the land's in one person's possession, another person will be able to claim it. So again, we'll go from the Lokeach to the second wife, the first wife, Lokeach, and around and around. So since we're stuck in this funny situation, so we'll be in that state until the, the two wives and the purchase will come to some sort of agreement with one another. And that will be the same in the case of a Balchov and a Bechen Isha Balatchov. So what are those two cases? Let's say we've got a case of a Malve and a Love, meaning someone who lent money to an individual. Now the Love t- sold two bits of land. He sold to one individual, one block, and the second purchase of the, the second pound of land. But what happened is the Malva agreed with the second purchaser and said, look, I'm going to have no legal claim. What happens? Now it's time to collect the money from the debt. The borrower has no money. So what he does is he collects land that was sold to the first purchaser because he has no legal claim for the land of the second purchaser. Then what happens is the Lokeach, the first purchaser, said, look, I bought the land before you, so therefore I can claim the monies back from the second purchaser. Then what happens is the second purchaser goes back to the Malva and says, you had no legal right to extract that land, I'm taking it back. So then again, we stuck with this logical loop. And that would be the same parallel we have by Isha or Ba'ala. Because an Isha, meaning the wife of a particular individual, is effectively like a Ba'ala Tchov. She's owed a debt to her husband, meaning the money that's promised by the Ketubah. So if, again, two pieces of land were sold by the husband after the marriage, First purchaser, second purchaser. And the woman makes a st- stipulates with the second lokach, look, I have no legal right to claim that land from you. I'll forgo that right. Then the husband passes away. It'll be the same issue. She will claim the land from the first lokach. The lokach will then claim the money back from the second lokach. And the second lokach, because the wife will go right, will claim it back from the isha. And we, again, the money or the land is going to be going in a circle until, as the Mishnah says, the Chozrot or Chozer Chalila until they come to some sort of legal compromise and or settlement. Those are Mishnah today.